When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Wrestling Inc. Welcome back. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman. And as I am traditionally joined here on Wednesdays, it is Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. Good Wednesday to you, Nick. Oh, my goodness. I am I am feeling it. I woke up today. I'm grinding my own coffee now. No more coffee pucks, right? Fresh, raw. It feels good. What is with you in this DIY of beverages? You're grounding your own coffee. You're brewing your own beer. Why can't you just be a lazy person like the rest of us and just go buy it? I'm inspired by Daniel Bryan. I want to go out. I want to cut wood. I want to make my own coffee. I want to, I want to till the land, Justin. Yeah, I don't share that same enthusiasm, but go ahead. <laughs> Keep throwing. Okay. Well, welcome back, guys. We got a lot to get here to do. Uh, a lot to get here to today. Uh, the world of professional uh, wrestling has never been hotter. Uh, I want to remind you, of course, now we are audio only. If you're listening to the show, go subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio. Tell a friend. You get the Winkley. You get all of our post-show coverage. Uh, you get the Two-Face podcast. It's great. Go subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio. Uh, on today's show, you're not just going to get Justin and I punditing about the news of the day. You're also going to get an exclusive interview. And uh, yesterday on the show, we had Tama Tonga, uh, Bullet Club OG. You can go back and listen to that. Today, we are going to have another Bullet Club member. You probably know him better from his appearance on Monday Night Raw. He's WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. Big week, Justin. Tomatanga yesterday, Jeff Jarrett today. That's that some big interviews. Ain't you great. <laughs> uh, I also, of course, uh, I have to I have to let you know, Tony Clifton does drop by this this Jeff Jarrett interview. And, uh, you know, you oh can make God, you can make of it what you will here. Uh, but him and Jeff, they have a little they have a little exchange there at the end of the interview. Doesn't go very well. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to like. Uh, I don't want to do your finish before the match and try to do a Clifton impersonation of what he might say to J- Double J. So I'll just keep it in my mind and I'll mm-hmm. wait till he's into it. You didn't know. You didn't know that Tony Clifton pops up in this interview. I take it then, did you? I, I did not know. I know oh. that Tony Clifton tends to surface wherever you are, but I did not know that it was pop up in this particular interview. I, I'm a very bad tony clifton handler because i'm responsible for making sure he doesn't get into trouble but he always gets into trouble so i has, i apologize has bob's Muda ever tried to sue you no and uh i don't know why he would justin for what handling tony tony's his own man tony can manage himself you know so whatever half the people half the people right now are trying to figure out uh what 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 wrestling territory in the 80s did bob smuda promote or what the hell references we're making so. uh, to, uh tony clifton of course a famous uh las vegas lounge singer and on that note uh wrestling inc we will be in vegas tomorrow at the aew pool party our own joey g the Polly shore of wrestling inc will be at the pool party uh doing live streams on twitter doing live streams on facebook from all the wrestling inc accounts uh so for on-site coverage of the aew pool party tomorrow of course, uh, keep all eyes, ears uh, locked in here at Wrestling Inc. And with that, let's get to the news. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. 
It is dropping like rain, the amount of news we have in pro wrestling right now. At WrestleVotes, which has become a, a somewhat reputable Twitter outlet. Very weird that I have no idea who these people are. But at WrestleVotes tweeted the following yesterday. Seems like, a, seems like the real first shot has been fired. Sources say AEW has made an outstanding offer to a current big-time WWE superstar. An offer that is almost too good to turn down. Things are about to get really interesting. What do you think? Do you do you think there's fire here, or is this just a lot of hype? Um, I'm I'm sure there's something to this. Um, you are right. Russell Votes has had a pretty good track record um, of, of 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 basically when there has been smoke, there's been fire. Um, they they do they do seem to be plugged in. Whoever they are seems to know somebody or somebody's um, that's that shares information with them. So I'm sure there's something to this. Um, obviously, you know, this is the time where guys, you know, now obviously, you know, this is the time where guys are going to be talking on their back channels, you know, friends, um, you know, spe you know speculating what's out there. And, and of course, if you're AEW, you know, uh, AEW, I think realizes that obviously they're going to have the wrestling crowd. They, they have the attention, you know, the young bucks, Cody, they have the attention of that. Um, I don't always like us labeling the internet crowd, but I guess sometimes it's just the easiest for, for brevity purposes. It's the easiest way to kind of describe them. And so I think AEW knows, I think Tony Khan knows, okay, especially if they're going to have a major TV deal, they still need to appeal to a broader audience. They still need to appeal to people who, you know, maybe not know what, what spot or booking or any of those terms are. And they just watch a wrestling show from, you know, nine to or eight to 11 each week. And, and then that's, that's it. So, you know, I, I, I would, so, you know, so the way Russell Votes is describing it, it sounds like they're talking about a major star who would be somebody who, you know, again, that WWE crowd or a mainstream crowd might have seen or heard of, um, but, you know, but that, that, that AEW could help use. So, I mean, I'm sure there's something to it. I'm sure AEW is plotting and looking, okay, who, who is there that we could help fill some of these voids uh, to, to make this whole operation complete? Well, a couple of the suspects, I would think, Dean Ambrose, technically a current big-time WWE superstar. His contract, he's not done until April. Um, weird situation with Ambrose. I've seen a lot of people uh, in different chats and on Twitter and stuff question whether or not uh, WWE may have uh, committed contract uh, tampering by announcing his release the way they did if, if it is all legitimate. Have you heard anybody else chat like that, Justin? I, I've seen what you're referencing. I've seen people talk about it, and I think a few things are written about it. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know where the ruling is on something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with these guys, and I don't know if it matters the fact that they are listed as independent contractors. If that matters, you know, because I mean, technically as an independent contractor, WWE could drop them at any point. You know, so I mean, I, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure really how it works. I don't really get that caught up or enthused by oh, is there contract tampering? Same thing with same thing with with said big star that Russell Votes is referring to. Right. Like, I guess yeah, technically, you know, uh, AEW cannot come to the said star and like hand them an official offer like that, that would probably be some legal problem there. But like you can't stop Cody or the Bucks or whoever from texting somebody they know and just say, and, and then having a private conversation, just saying, Hey, yeah. So if you were to be available, when would you be available? And what kind of price would you want to, you know, like, I mean, you can't, it's, it's, it's hard to police that. You know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. I mean, there's a million different ways you get in touch with somebody if you really want to here. And for those that are wondering right now why I would uh, suggest this, the contract tempering, tampering uh, that I've seen talked about is basically the idea that since WWE announced that this guy is leaving, it's official in April, uh, it does... Um, I guess in some way change his value in the marketplace a little bit. Like it takes away some of his negotiating abilities, like for people to know out loud 
what his contract status is with WWE. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. That's loosely kind of what I've seen. Um, and if there is some kind of contract tampering, I guess the other big speculation is could this guy leave earlier than April if there was some dispute between uh, him and WWE. So, uh, and, by, and by the way, I don't. I, Dean Ambrose did not come to mind, and I do not think Russell Votes was referring to Dean Ambrose. I agree. Um, the uh, person that came to mind when I read this was Brock. Um, that he would certainly. I mean, he would certainly fall in the in the criteria of what I just said about mainstream and such. And of course, Brock. You know, always we, we always are. Brock, Brock to a, a, a an even bigger degree than what Dolph Ziggler. It seems like it, that train always comes around, and we hear that Brock's done or Brock's leaving. Um, but he, and he, Vince manages to stay. I I didn't think my, 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 the two people that came to mind, and this is just again based upon the criteria that I suggested, and also by the definition of big star. And again, everybody kind of knows about Ambr- Ambrose. It's been out there now for the last week. I, so I, again, I don't think Russell Votes would have made the point to cause a stir to put that tweet out there, especially when it's not like Russell Votes has a website where they're trying to get hits. I mean they. So they, they're literally putting stuff out there being kind of vague, but they obviously know something. The two people that came to mind were either AJ Styles or Randy Orton. Those were two guys who I was like, well, like they would fit the criteria that I'm thinking. They're big names. They obviously command the kind of money we assume they command at WWE, so it'd have to be a giant offer. You know, those are the kind of guys I was thinking. Brock, I guess, is another one too. Is, I mean, because we all assume that his contract seems to kind of come up around mania every year. So, well, and AJ seems happy in WWE. I don't know what Randy's situation is with WWE. I mean, he beat Mustafa Ali last night on SmackDown. Uh, he's been, he's been up. I mean, he, he had the win over Jeff Hardy. I mean, they've taken care of Randy Orton. He's not the most compelling performer, I think at the moment, but they've taken care of him. The reason I say Brock is Brock is like notoriously like a mercenary for hire. Right. And uh, I just I think that if there's somebody that's on a big level that would entertain another big offer and have the ability to, you know, weather that contract negotiation, it would be somebody like Brock, of course, with maybe like the help of Heyman or something. I don't know. Well, I thought AJ or Orton because AJ, obviously, we know the connection there with with those guys, with with the AEW group. Uh, Also, we've heard AJ's contract coming up. Uh, again, he's a big, a big star, you know, so and, and, you know, and that would make sense for them to make an offer again, maybe lighter schedule. Orton came to mind, even though Orton's one of those guys that I previously admit that I had said is kind of like, I kind of look as like a WWE lifer, but maybe not. Maybe he is the kind of guy who he's been with the company for so long. I've always said the downside of Randy Orton in some way is actually he accomplished so much so young. So mm-hmm. it's kind of made things run dry after a while with him. But I mean, he's a guy, he's, he's good friends with Cody Rhodes. So there's that. Um, again, lighter schedule, still in great shape. He's a name who would draw a certain, uh, you know, he, you know he's, he's, a, he's a WWE name and a good looking guy who would draw a certain different crowd or different credibility over aw so i don't know you know him and him and aj were who i thought but the brock thing is uh the brock is the most interesting if that was the case because um you know he just he 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 causes the the biggest stir and the biggest question mark of of hmm maybe yeah uh well interesting all speculation here i just want to have a fun chat about the, the many leads that could be up on the up on the board we can call fashion the fashion files get them to help us out on figuring out who this is but uh there's the word. Apparently, there's a big money offer on the table. I will say in regards to Dean Ambrose, he is still scheduled to appear WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he's going to be part of the VIP session at Access on Sunday, April 7th at 8 a.m. Hmm. That's like the you know word. What that <laughs> <laughs> you and I are thinking the same thing. <laughs> yes. Which is? <laughs> he's not going to have to worry about much of a match <laughs> to do much. He, he can get up and go uh, 
entertain the VIP holders. He won't have a 30 minute Broadway that he has to worry about preparing for. Yeah, that is uh man. I saw that. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be eliminated by Nia Jax and the Andre Royal Rumble for Andre Battle Royal. <laughs> uh, uh, the 8 a.m. Sunday spot. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, rough. Dean Ambrose. That's like that's like where they used to put like Camacho and 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 people like that. I mean, uh, also we brought up Mustafa Ali a little while ago. I wanted to note that yeah, last night on SmackDown, he got his eye busted open uh, in his match with Randy Orton. I think it was from a, a kick or something. Uh, but uh, uh, from what I've heard, Ali's fine. He's gonna roll on. Obviously, you know it's wrestling. Things happen. But that was nasty, man. Like, did did you see his eye was like swelling in real time? It was gross. I did. I did. Uh, well, in the words of uh, in the words of good old JR, it ain't ballet. Yeah, super gross. Uh, well, let's switch over here to the ladies real fast. The Wrestling Observer noting that the plan right now, despite the report that came out from Sports Illustrated last week that said it was going to be Ronda Becky, is to definitely add Charlotte to the mix here, make it a triple threat. Now, the twist here is that it doesn't seem like this match is now a lock to close the show. It could be Brock or or Brock versus Seth Rollins, and Vince could very well make the choice what will actually close the show the week of it. Um, a week ago, I would have said Brock Seth feels hotter to me, but like Seth is, uh, they've taken him off. He's dealing with a bad back. I don't know how much we're going to see these two. And I'm really loving Becky here going full Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> pulled by the medics, uh, showing up unexpectedly. I think there's, I think this build is going to, I mean, re- I think it's going to, it should be rewarded. With the last spot. I think these women are going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't see any way, unless the Brock match, unless like, you know, unless like Brock's WWE careers on the line or something like that, which I doubt they do. You know, I, I don't see any way the the emotional investment for the Brock match can can top what the women are going to do, just based upon what we're seeing the women now. And that's on the assumption that I just don't see it fizzing out or dying down. Um, and to the, you know, and, you know, look, I, I'm I'm like a lot of people. Yeah, sure, it'd be great to see Becky versus Ronda straight up one on one. But I will give WWE credit that after I saw the opening segment of SmackDown and how they pulled things off with Charlotte in there as well. I mean, and, and you know, and even the promo that Charlotte and Becky had previously, where Charlotte kind of took credit and said, "Look, you know, the only reason you're, you're here is because you know I I made you, so to speak." You know, it does make sense and it will work and it is more star power. And you know, to the reports of you know, it's not a lock which match is going to go on last. I think the important thing to remember here is, well, one, you know, it's smart to never tell your staff, and I'm saying I'm speaking from the perspective of Vince at the moment. You know, I think it's it's smart not to necessarily automatically say this match absolutely is going last. You want to see, you want to gauge and see what is at the, you know, what what is at the, you know, the height of the emotional investment. See, there's no point of making that decision uh, two months out. But even at the same time, even if Vince pretty much again knows in his mind, it says, you know, I pretty if I had a gamble and bet it's going to be the women. There's no point in saying that. You, you just keep it close to your vest. You don't even need, you don't really need to tell anybody. You can just so uh, so then, then therefore, as the information flows from source to source and eventually out to you know the media outlets, you know so of course it's going to say it's not a lock or nothing's for sure. Uh, but but I I think um, I, I think that when crunch time comes and Vince has to make the decision and they go to time the show out and all that stuff, I think it'll be pretty obvious and unless barring something catastrophic on either end either match. I think it'll be pretty obvious the women are just going to have the billing and the, and the most uh, emotional interest. What do you think of WWE's decision to just straight copy the Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin storyline uh, down to the injury and everything? Well, I mean, uh, what's old is new again. Uh, yeah. You know, that, uh, nothing's original. We've, you know, we talk about that. We talk about that with movies, talk about it with wrestling. And quite frankly, uh, nobody, you know, it's funny. 
um, and again, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm generalizing here, but I, I think I'm pretty much on the mark for the most part. It seems like a lot of wrestling fans, you know, sometimes they will get agitated at, at previous comparisons. But I'm not seeing a lot of agitation. Everybody seems to latch on and like this, you know, like when I, they like to pipe Stone Cold Becky Lynch, or they like to draw the comparisons, and myself included, I'm guilty yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I drew the comparison when she got hurt by Nia Jax, and I said, yeah, this is just like the, you know, Owen dropping Vince on his, or dropping Steve on his head at SummerSlam. It's just going to be a slight little hiccup. It's only going to rally her fan base even more, and, and it has. Um, you know, so if it worked in the past and people are kind of liking to relate her to Stone Cold, why not pull out a blueprint of one of the most successful stories ever? I mean, I tweeted last night when she came out of the crowd, let me see her drive some ridiculous vehicle into the arena, you know, and we, I mean, I, I, I think it's okay. I think it, sure, to some people who are fans of that time and remember it like we do, we can obviously see the obvious comparisons and maybe they are intentionally doing it, but I, it doesn't seem to bother me because it's not like they're force feeding it to a baby face who we don't think is connecting. I think everybody agrees. Becky Lynch has is, is got that, you know, maybe not to the degree that Stone Cold did because that really was unprecedented, but she's got a pretty damn impressive rally going on. So I think the fact that she is the most appropriate person to apply uh, the Stone Cold formula to. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, I enjoy it. I would also love to see her driving things around. I thought it was funny how when she came down to the barricade, like security tried to try to stop her, but she just largely just walked right into the ring. I don't know. Like a little thing for me would have liked to have watched her try to fight through security to get into that ring a little bit more rebellious. It didn't seem to quite have that edge to me enough. Um, but that's a minor note. She's doing great. With Charlotte, though, the other thing I was seeing people complain about last night on Twitter was how – Hunter was just like, leave the ring. This has nothing to do with you. And she just left, right? Um, is she like the? Is she going to be like the corporate uh, contender here in this bout? Is Becky the outsider? Charlotte's the hand pick. You know, I'm going to be working closer with, with Hunter and Stephanie. Do you get that vibe? I don't want to say I got that vibe, but I don't hate that if you're pitching it creatively, Nick. I mean, I, I think that they're <clears> – I think that – that would make sense. Obviously, Rhonda's not going to be the corporate one. You know, she's had her problems with the Triple H and Stephanie storyline. Right. Um, but Charlotte being who her father is and her father's relationship with Triple H, and of course, they're going to be celebrating Flair's birthday on TV soon. I mean, so uh, she would certainly be the one, the most appropriate of the three to fit that, to be the one who was, you know, hand chosen and, and, and you know, went through NXT. And, you know, like, I mean, she, you know, she would be the one to pick as like the corporate pick. Uh, uh, Rick Flair's daughter. I mean, uh, that, that that would be the way to go if if that's if uh, if, if indeed they needed to. Um, I got the pitch. Uh, I got the pitch. Ready, Justin? You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. I'm Hunter, ready. Hunter and Stephanie. They're like Charlotte. We think that you are the person that that should face Ronda. They they send her to an exclusive, high end corporate training facility, right? <laughs> and Becky goes back to Ireland, right? And she's like on the <laughs> farm, right? Like boxing horses and stuff, you know, like whatever. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, whatever. Just like farm stuff. They box horses. Is that how, I don't know. I don't know how the Irish train for fights, uh, but uh, you know, they're doing more down they, and out. They, they drink. Oh, they drink. Okay. So there she is. She's in Ireland. She's getting, she's getting S housed uh, with Conor McGregor at the bar. And then you cut back to Charlotte and Charlotte's like in the gym. They've got, you know, it's Ivan Drago, Rocky four, right. Style. I'm down. I'm all about it. So, so basically we're going to copy the build for Brett Sean Ironman match 96 is what we're doing. Why not? What's old is new again. Blend a little of that with some Steve Austin. I mean, now we're making a pie, right? We got like a whole stew going here, I guess. That's a better analogy. I'm all for it. (laughs) Nineties attitude stew. (laughs) That's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's from the WWF cookbook. Yeah, good book, good book. Uh, also in the women's division, the Observer reporting Sasha Banks currently not cleared to compete in the ring following her match with Ronda Rousey. Uh, this explains why her and Bailey were attacked uh, on Raw before their match by Alicia and Nikki, so that uh, Bailey could work most of the match by herself. Uh, weird to note, says Meltzer here, that they would let a talent ringside that is dealing with these issues. Uh, but the decision, I guess, was made to send her out there, possibly because uh, they want to keep the storyline going. Because WWE appears to be confident she's going to be ready to compete at Elimination Chamber. Man, Ro- I mean, this Seth Rollins. I hate, I hate hearing any injury reports going into WrestleMania. This is not the time for people to be going down. You know? No, certainly not. I mean, this is uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is the playoff season for for WWE. This is what uh, essentially, if you're a talent, this is what you work for the whole year. Is you want to be in some you know, it's something important from January to April. And so to, you know, especially with the, all the stuff going on with the women. Yeah. I mean, this is not the time, not the time you want to have it happen, but I mean, they, they, they work, um, you know, it's crazy. They work, they work a brutal schedule. They really do on the one hand, but then, you know, like veterans like Arn Anderson, I've heard actually say this on the record. Like he believes the reason why there's more injuries today is because the talent don't work. Like, like, you know, like we say the talent, like the talent works, like they travel all around the world and, and they work, you know, they work, you know, four days a week in the ring and everything. But like, it, but, you know, back in like Arn Anderson's day, you know, there was a the case where they would work, you know, 28, 26, 27, 28 days, you know, of a month. They'd work twice on Sundays. And he said that he thinks that made guys in better ring shape. So there was less injury there where he thinks now because there's like these off days and there's more travel, you know, longer flights and everything. Like, I don't know. He, he seems to think I've heard him say that before. So I, I don't know. It's always an interesting conversation to have with people who are in the who are you know who can speak intelligently from it who basically have done it of like you know how do you interpret the schedule with your body these days we'd love to give everybody more time off but aj styles is setting the standard and uh he literally won't leave he's at the (laughs) he's here before everybody he'll fly from south america to be here you know it's it's tough to make that case because there are people that will always step up and overwork themselves and then everybody else feels like they have to keep up with that you know this is a situation where management uh, it would have to step in and you know make it known that we're gonna put some new rules into place. I just don't see that happening. You know. Well, what 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 Arn Anderson? What I don't think t- he takes an account in his, in his argument is that the style today is just a, is and is a little bit more. You know, the in ring style is a little bit more you know, risk and, and and what have you. So I think the the uh, the chance of injury is is higher than it was because of the style in ring versus what it was in the yeah you know, the eighties. Yeah, I'd say combo. I think you're right. There's a little bit of a little bit of a. We're making ourselves a stew here. Why are people getting injured, right? Anyway, uh, WWE Elimination Chamber is coming up here, I believe, next weekend. Uh, we will be having the chamber. Uh, Akira Tozawa is going to challenge Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight title. That was uh, determined on 205 Live last night. And uh, Carmella and Naomi have been added to the Women's Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. The six teams now officially are Nia Jax and Tamina, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, the Iconics, Bailey and Sasha, Carmella and Naomi. Justin, which of these six teams do you see walking away as the first women's tag team champion? I don't have an answer yet, and I, and I'll be honest with you. I am I'm very much just. And I hate saying this, but I'm I'm, I'm just I'm disinterested. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm just not. You know, and I should be excited. We've been waiting for women's tag titles for a while, and it was something new. I mean, I but I'm just not. I, I don't. I just. I, I can't get behind it. I, I'm not excited. Um, I find it weird too. <laughs> it's like they're 
they're, they're, they're crowning the first ever women's tag champions in a match that's not going to really execute any traditional tag team wrestling principles. You know, because obviously there's what, six teams? So that means that, or, or so, yeah. So, You're like, so right. half of, You're so you know, right. half the teams are starting in pods. Like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just bizarre to me. It, not, not, nothing about this is really getting me uh, excited. So. You're right, man. And that's something that kind of irked me a little bit, too, was it's like, this isn't a traditional tag team match. And I would, I would like that to be the case for the first ever tag team champions. Maybe a turn, I don't know, maybe a tournament would have made a little bit more sense for me, but. You know, if you got these six teams here right now, I would like to see a team that has had some time together. Like Carmella and Naomi don't really feel like tag champs to me. I could see it, the Riot Squad working well with the tag team championships, but I could also see Nia and, and Tamina being good tag champs too because they're just so opposing. Everybody throwing themselves at Nia and Tamina, I think, would make for you know maybe an interesting women's division from the start. Nia and Tamina, they would make good heels tag teams. Yeah, um, I like. I'm a fan. I, I get a kick out of the Iconics gimmick i'm not sure if they're ready yet to pull tag titles um but uh, yeah i i think naya to me is a, is, a, is a pretty decent case um yeah you know uh, a whole bunch of a kerfuffle was made overnight the undertaker removed uh, some references to wwe on his social media channels he also listed an email address where he can start taking bookings uh, now if you want to try to book the undertaker for your event um he is still not announced or advertised for wrestlemania weekend uh, after asking Around a little bit this morning, it just sounds like he uh, changed over his calendar and is just opening up some slots. Not like uh, there's any issues here with WWE by any stretch. <laughs> you mean you mean you mean mean Mark's not coming to AEW? I don't I don't see it that way. But here here I will say this: I'm interviewing Conrad Thompson here in a couple hours. We're going to air the interview tomorrow. I'm absolutely going to ask Conrad if Undertaker will be at Starcast too. I want I want to know if he's talking to him. Yeah. Right. Do that, it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a. Uh, it's it's one of those weird. It's, again, it's one of those odd things. It's like you know when the Undertaker, you know, when he when he starts opening social media accounts, you just he's that one character that's just been so, uh, so well protected for for thirty years, and it's just like you know. I mean, but it's cool. I mean, it's 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 funny. It's fun to comment on like you know, oh the Undertaker has a Twitter account or whatever. Or the Undertaker is retweeting something, but it is kind of cool that you know he is obviously. You know, well, I don't know if he's done completely wrestling in the ring. We don't know, but he's obviously on the back end of his career. So it is kind of cool that now that he's at the point where, you know, his value is just to make appearances. Um, and what a guy to make appearances because, again, he's been so protected. It's not like he's been a guy who's been out there uh, saturating the market for all these years. So it, it's, it, it is very cool. And I'm speaking this from a, from a standpoint of somebody who, you know, works with indie wrestling and works and has booked talent and still books talent. It is cool to think, like, wow. It's actually a real possibility that we could you, know, you could have the Undertaker at your event or at your whatever, um, you know, not cheap, for, mind you, but it it is cool that we're at that point that that's that he's going to connect now more with his fans uh, when he's kind of been kept protected and kept secret for so many years, you know, while he was an active competitor. Yeah, and that's cool. Starcast too. Uh, they announced Bret Hart last night as well. They've got Sting uh, announced as well. So uh, interesting mix of people coming here at StarCast too. Do you think that if you appear, if you do you think if you appear at StarCast, you can also like appear in the crowd at Double or Nothing, or do you think that that's blending too much and WWE would get upset? No, there's definitely some blend because um, I think that there are certain guys, uh, there are certain guys that are still allowed by WWE by their Legends deal basically to do outside bookings, but a lot of them have some the stipulations of okay, you can't appear. 
on anybody else's television or you can't appear on their DVDs or what have you. Uh, I will say for you Sting fans, you get a personal plug-in, uh, IWC Wrestling here in Western Pennsylvania. IWC Wrestling, uh, it's the Saturday after WrestleMania. I don't remember that. I think it's April 13th. Um, uh, in Meadville, Pennsylvania, so a couple hours north of Pittsburgh. Meadville, Pennsylvania, it's our annual Night of the Superstars. We've had some big names over the past. This year we have Sting this year, um, along with some other great names, and there will be a meet and greet with Sting prior to the show. So uh, go to IWCWrestling.com. All the details are there. But if you are in the Western PA area or southern upstate New York or eastern Ohio, it's a couple-hour drive no matter where you're coming from, but you can meet Sting in person uh, this April, IWCWrestling.com. Well, there you go. And uh, I have one more AEW note here as well. Of course, uh, yesterday on the Road to Double or Nothing, it was announced that Jimmy Havoc is going to be uh, – has signed – actually, I believe they confirmed it on Twitter – uh, but Jimmy Havoc has signed with AEW and will be a part of the promotion. Another another good up-and-comer that they've thrown into the mix here. I'm interested to see what this product looks like when they get all these uh, bodies into the same room, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, back to our opening conversation about who the big star was that was being <clears throat> you know, teased on Twitter uh, by WrestleVotes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you want to have a complete roster here. So this is um, you, you want to have some old, you want to have some, you know, in the, in the middle, you want to have some young. So this is a... Uh, it's exciting to see what the makeup this is going to look like. Yeah. And lastly here, a WWE writer. I'm going to, I hope I do not butcher this man's name. I apologize. Kazim from UD confirmed that he is leaving the company. Uh, now he did praise his time there. He in particular praised Paul Heyman. Uh, he also uh, wrote a defense of WWE's writing team against its critics, saying that these are some of the smartest, funniest, most creative people he's ever worked with, and they get a lot of uh, bad rap. Now, do you know Kazim, Justin? I know we've talked about how you nearly joined this team. Do you Are you familiar with him? I, I, I'm not familiar with him. I, I have not met him. Yeah, I didn't either. But it was just an interesting note there, a little backstage movement there. Um, and he uh, has Yeah, a- and it was cool. If you go to his Twitter, he actually put um, – <clears throat> he had a series of tweets – of like YouTube clips of what he called his greatest hits of some of segments that he I guess wrote and was proud of and uh, yeah, Nick if you haven't seen this you'll be happy to know he he was the he was one of the creative forces by several Leo Rush segments in these last few months so good uh, we have him to thank for that at this time it is my pleasure to welcome to the Winkley a WWE Hall of Famer former WWE Intercontinental Champion J E double F J A double R E double T, ain't he great, Jeff Jarrett? Jeff, welcome back to the Winkley. Well, how you doing, my friend? Uh, how's life treating you these days? It's it's pretty frigid here in Chicago. I mean, but it's not really about me. It's like about you. How, I mean, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Good. I feel great. No, it's a bit of a whirlwind. Um, who would have thought 2019 would have kicked off this way for Jeff Jarrett? The old Double J went back in the archives dug up the WrestleMania 11 tags and appeared on Royal Rumble in front of 48,000 people. It's pretty amazing, Nick. <laughs> were those, were those really your tights from like 20 years ago? Yeah. Yes. Um, what is amazing is, you know, obviously I got the call and, uh, you know, just in general, I, what, what's the game plan where are we headed and uh, okay. Double J I said, okay, you're talking about the original double J. Yep. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what, what am I, you know, as, as you know, Nick, um, I've had a couple of evolutions and, and uh, over the years of Jeff Jarrett from uh, 1986 in Tennessee to uh, the WWF to WCW to TNA uh, to AAA and a few points in between to New Japan and Bullet Club and all that. So uh, I said, all right, if I'm doing Double J, I've got to go all the way. And um, 
I'm a pack rat, and, and literally there's only a couple pairs of tights that I've worn throughout my career that I don't have. I save everything. And so, um, you know, last year at the Hall of Fame, I had to go to the warehouse and, and, and get that stuff because they requested it to put out at access. So I at least had a little bit of an idea where I was going, what box I was going to go into. And those tights, um, I looked at them and said, okay. Uh, and then um, as I pulled them out, I'm like, where are those from? And then I don't know if it's Karen or one of the kids. Uh, we, you know, figured it out that those are the tights that I wore at WrestleMania 11. Uh, me versus Razor Ramon, uh, Sean, uh, one, two, three kid was in his corner. Road Dog was, or the roadie was in my corner. And those are the tights. So uh, 24 years later, Nick, I dug them up. Who would have thought? I can assure you, I didn't think 24 years later I'd put, be putting those same tights on, but I did. That's, so uh, wow. that's the story. That's incredible. You know what's funny is to prepare for this interview, I went and rewatched your 1995 Royal Rumble Intercontinental title match with Razor Ramon. And so I, I know I'm right there with you in the headspace there. Uh, I was going to get to it later. <laughs> I, I was going to get to it later, but like you, you're, you're putting me in the space where I see you. You're, you're in the, you're in the trunks there. It's 20 years later. I mean, are you having flashbacks to like then and now? I mean, what's going through your head? Well, it, to even go a whole nother layer, Nick, I hadn't even told this story yet. So, uh, but no, so, so they tell me, um, as the, the couple of days, because I didn't have much time to prepare. Uh, so, so, but they tell me, hey, uh, don't worry about a hat. Because I told them, they asked, you know, what are you wearing? I've got that. And they're like, what? You still actually? I said, yeah, they were at Hall, uh, Hall of Fame. But, but anyway, so they said, hey, we've got, we've got the hat and it's working. So I kid you not, that is the original blinking light hat. So 24 years later, um, they uh, put a new set of Duracells in there. And so that hat, it's amazing that those guys, you know, hats off to them, they, that they archived it all those years later. So that is the original hat with some original tights. Uh, just my body's 30 years older. So, but no, uh, 20 years older, whatever it is. But no, I, um, that is, is that, that's the original hat, original tights. Uh, and stepping out uh, Sunday, you know, Chase Field and, and that reaction and, the surprise factor, and then obviously Elias, um, you know, what better number one if I'm going to be number two? So uh, there was some magic made uh, those last two nights. I, I, I'll definitely say that. Describe to me how it felt when you came through the curtain, everybody heard your music, and they knew it was you coming out to confront Elias. I mean, this is 20 years since you've been in the Royal Rumble. Take me to that moment there. Yeah, and I said it afterwards. Very rarely, as you know me, Nick, very rarely uh, Double J gets speechless. But it was really hard to put into words after the Royal match it, it, because it was, you know, it, it's, I, you know, I was as surprised as, as anybody that I got the call. And then for it to be laid out in that manner. And, you know, Elias, uh, he's been on Raw, you know, a couple of years now. So he's well-established. Um, we did the table for three last year, and that's literally, uh, legitimately, the first time I ever met him was about three minutes before we rolled tape, and the producers walked up on us literally after we shook hands and said, hey, hey, leave that for on camera. So, you know, the first time uh, that I really got to have any kind of conversation with the guy was on table for three. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of him. I was a fan of his beforehand, but I think he's got uh, a, a, a unique set of charisma that goes with him, his aura. 
Uh, I, I, told, I said it um, last year that, that the one thing that I think's missed from his career thus far, but he's got plenty of time, is that big rivalry. Who's it going to be? Uh, but, man, he, he's had a, a lot of momentum. And so um, for me to step out, number two, uh, not that there were, were a rivalry by any stretch, but obviously I carried the guitar. He's got the guitar. Yeah. Here we are at the, at the beginning of Roll Rumble, the, you know, the magnitude of this show. Uh, you know, I was on the 95 one and the 94 one. I think 94 was my first Roll Rumble. Yeah. So, you know, 25 years later, how that, how that event has turned into – well, we all know what it's turned into. I mean, it's it, it, it's a mega event right behind Mania. Um, you know, they had an access out there. They had, you know, NXT on Saturday, Royal Rumble on Sunday, Raw on Monday, uh, SmackDown on Tuesday. But, you know, it's it's centered around the Royal Rumble match. And so for me to kick that off with Elias, it was really, really special. Now, now the 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 appearance went great. Your 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 appearance in the Rumble went great. You showed up the next night on Raw. Was the plan always? Whoa, 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 whoa! What do you mean great? I got hit with a guitar, Nick. Do you have no compassion for me at all? What's <laughs> Look, wrong with you? No, well, you're I'm just ju- another. You're just another sports entertainment journalist who just skips right over the meat of it. You don't care that I got hit with a guitar, Nick. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm strapped for time here. I was trying to make. I was trying to, you know, dwell on the positive <laughs> aspect. You got you, such buddy. a. You got such I'm a good kidding. reaction. Jeez, call me a slap. Yeah, I guarantee you, Tony. I guarantee you, Tony Clifton would be highly upset at you. But but we'll leave that for another day. Jeff, um, I was going to wait and tell you this at the end of the interview, but I feel like you know if you're going to bring him up, uh, yeah, I I have to apologize to you. Um, I was Tony Clifton's handler for Starcast and I did a I did a really bad job I feel like I think Tony got out of control you know Lawler threw him out he, you know He absolutely got out of control he he is a he's a wild man but carry on with the interview Okay carry on. all right well anyway uh so we're going to go to Monday night here was the plan always for you to reunite with the roadie Um some things are better left unsaid um I, I'll say this um, you know, I, I, you're asking me, was the plan always there? Heck, I didn't even know the plan of anything. All I knew was show up, double J's in the rumble. So don't ask me about a plan. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, uh, I, candidly, I, I have no idea what the plan was. It was... Uh, all I know is that on Monday, um, when um, things were transpired, I knew that there was going to be, uh, I knew Sunday night was, was, was special for a lot of reasons, but I also knew, um, as, as things were transpiring that, you know, the roadie slash road dog and double J had not appeared on camera in a long, long time in that set of circumstances. I knew that was going to be special and Nick, and I cannot tell you what a, incredible moment it was for me personally and professionally for for me and brian to be on stage and the 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 crowds um i don't know if you heard the chant but um they were saying holy smokes holy smokes holy smokes uh and and brian tried to get him to stop and that's like putting toothpaste back in the tube all it got was a little bit messier uh, but man, it was a, a, an incredible reaction and a really, a really a special moment. Well, Elias, you know he he didn't really take well to y'all to y'all's moment there um, with the singing. Everybody's having a good time with my baby tonight. Great moment there, and he he laid waste to you guys. I mean, he really doesn't seem to to like you. I have to call him Roadie 
in the context of you two being together. Uh, he really didn't – he doesn't seem to like you guys. Do you feel like you have unfinished business with Elias? I didn't get to punch him enough with my right hand. So, um, absolutely. Um, when, when, you, when, when, a, when someone cracks you with the guitar um, and also cracks your buddy with the guitar, of course it's unfinished business, Nick. Okay. So do you think this is the last we will have seen of, of you and, and I, I guess I can call him Road Dog, but the roadie together on WWE TV? Well, here, here's what I absolutely can tell you with, without question, that if you want the answer to that question, I would stay tuned okay. to WWE.com, to Twitter, WWE, uh, at, tw- at WWE, and same on Instagram. And if you want to make it easier, you can go the linear route and watch Monday Night Raw on the USA Network at 8 o'clock Eastern or SmackDown next Tuesday at 7 o'clock, uh, 8, uh, 8 o'clock um, Eastern, both on the USA Network. Does that answer your question for you? It I know you're asking the hard-hitting, you're asking the hard-hitting questions that I'm giving them back to. Thanks, buddy. Uh, no, I well, I guess I'll rephrase this. <laughs> I'll, re- I'll rephrase this a little bit. Um, it does seem like you have unfinished business with Elias, and you are, you're getting active in the ring again. If you could have one more in-ring goal in WWE, what would that be? Well, that's a good question. I'll get into that. That's a good question. Um, one more in-ring goal. I, I, I don't know. You know, at, at this stage of my career and, you know, last year uh, going down to AAA and, and, and winning, um, you know, the, the mega champion, I, I never would have dreamed in my wildest dreams that would have happened. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have dreamed I'd been in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then what, what happened Monday night, um, I guess I'll say the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the guitar shot. There's some unfinished business with Elias. And, um, you know, as a performer, that, that's, that's, you know, before I was a promoter or producer or, or any of that, I was an in-ring wrestler, and that's what I got into the business in April of 86 is to do that. So, um, you know, who knows? Uh, a couple more right hands to Elias and, and, and a match uh, would, would be pretty special. I'll ask you, what do you think my goal should be? I mean, you're such an iconic Intercontinental Champion, you know, and that's a, it's, it's just an interesting thought for me to think of you taking one more stab at that division, um, but maybe that's just me. I don't know if that's something that's gone through your mind. Who knows? I mean, I, I think that's a I think that's quite frankly a dream, uh, but you know what? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Dreams can become realities. I'm I'm a walking, talking, living testament to that for sure. Dude, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is it was surreal. I mean, thinking of not just all the places, you know, they say, oh, they would never hire an impact guy. Jeff's had all these other issues, but there you are standing tall in, in the ring. Um, you are here 20 years later now. You're back in the family. I just wanted to ask, you know, what feels different to you now? about the WWE, since you probably have more perspective on that than, than most? Well, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, obviously they're publicly traded. I left uh, the day before they went public. So I've never, uh, you know, been a part of the organization. So everything, you know, that, that, that goes with that, uh, I mean, it, they're just, they're, they're um, not that they were a small organization by any means uh, in 99, because it was, you know, the peak of the attitude era. But, but they are an enormous operation with NXT in, in, in Orlando, one in the U.K., um, the international business, you know, India, 
um, you know, again, at my time at TNA, I, I was worked extensively in, in the international side of things. Uh, most, you know, India properties, the UK properties, Africa, all, all of that. So I know the international business side quite well. It's amazing the footprint WWE has around the globe. Um, when you look at the scope of the amount of live events that the organization runs, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Uh, I mean, it really, really is. You know, I'm from Nashville, so I'm, 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 I'm well aware of the music touring business and Taylor Swift and <laughs> Garth Brooks and these folks and just how they tour and Toby Keith and, and then those guys, you know, the touring. WWE, you know, it's every Monday and Tuesday they put on, not, o- not only is it touring, but it's a television show. So the, 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 the depth uh, of, of the WWE is, is incredible. They don't have one roster. They, they, they have four rosters. Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT. I mean, you know, now NXT UK. It, it just the size of everything about what they do is incredible. Absolutely. Uh, hey, and I, uh, I, I know we got to wrap this up here, but he did. Uh, it, you know, last night, uh, Tony was actually in town. He had an impromptu show at the Green Mill. Uh, he crashed on my couch. I know it's like two o'clock right now, but uh, so wait, wait, wait. T- Tony's asleep. Well, he's, he's not. Asleep. He, he, he heard. He's a, he's a, he's a head case. He's, he's a complete head case. He's banging on. He's banging on the door to the studio. He really wants Tony. Tony, Tony. Tony, good afternoon. It is so good to hear your voice. I haven't seen you since Stark yet. How's it going? I am not doing well, Mr. Jarrett. I know that you are an influential figure at StarCast, and I wanted to come right now and take this opportunity to confront you about the hostile way I was treated at that event. Hey, that was Lawler. And that goofy guy, Nick, uh, don't even know his last name, but that's those guys. Tony, you're welcome anytime. Anytime. I hope to see you at the next podcast. I really do. Well, you know, that one really, you know, know, it it makes me feel good to hear you say that because I'm a very sensitive man and I've been crying a lot. I've been drinking a lot. And you know what? I may just do that. I I think I've got some words for that Jerry Lawler fellow. And if you can help me do that. You know what? What I think, you know, since Andy's no longer with us, Tony, I think it would be a great opportunity if we had like a panel discussion of Bill After. Jerry Lawler and yourself, and and just sit down and try to break bread, and 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 let's let's reminisce about Andy. Let's 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 talk about let's talk about Andy Cut. No, have a good time. no, 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 no. We talk about me. We have the Tony Clifton panel. I'm not going to sit around and talk about this Andy Kaufman fellow anymore. You know what I am now? Now I am insulted by you, Jeff. I liked you for a minute there, and I knew you would throw hot coffee in my face. I am not going to continue this conversation. I will. I will turn you back over to Come Nikki. On. Nikki, nobody. Come Nikki, on, nobody. Tony, I'll see you at Starcast. Tony, Listen, get, Tony, I'll see you get at Starcast. Relax. I am Jeff. I am so sorry about that. I apologize. That was very uncalled for. Um, what, what you got? A fifth of George Dickel down him? What is wrong with the guy? I just, you know, it's what he he has a lot of he has a lot of requests. I try to just keep him happy. It's hard to be a handler for a guy like that. Anyway, Jeff. Oh, sorry. That really caught, that, that caught me off guard. Hey, listen, Nick, get some rest, and, 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 and if you have to, call the cops on Tony. I get will. Get him if you need to. Need I will. I will. Thank you, Jeff. You're wonderful, and I look forward to talking to you again down the road. Ain't that great?
Thank you very much to Jeff uh, for coming on to the show today. Big week so far of interviews. Jeff, today we had Tomatonga yesterday, and of course tomorrow on the show I will have Conrad Thompson talking all about StarCast 2 and uh, what he is doing uh, with the AEW in particular. Of course, if you're going to be in Houston for the Elimination Chamber, I am very happy to announce Wrestling Inc. is going to be having a pre-chamber meetup hosted by our own Two-Face podcast. It's going to be at the St. Arnold's Brewery. I love craft brew. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, St. Arnold's Brewery. The event starts at 2.30. The podcast, there's going to be a live podcast. We'll be streaming it on our social channels. That starts at 3 p.m. Games, prizes, so much more. Check it out. And, of course, tomorrow in Vegas. What city is, what, what, what city is it in? Houston, Texas. It's the same city as the Chamber. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. Are you going to go? No, I will not. I, that's why I was curious. I didn't hear you say the city. I was curious where this was happening. <laughs> You're like, oh, is this in my backyard? Yeah, no, this sounds dope. <laughs> this sounds really, really cool. Uh, Kelsey, one of the hosts of Two Face, has been telling me about uh, how they've been putting this together for a while. And uh, I got to admit, I, I, if I was in the Houston area for Chamber, I would be there for this. But if you are, you got to be there. This sounds very, very cool. Uh, and lastly, of course, yes, like I said, tomorrow, Thursday in Vegas, our own Joey G will be there. We'll have live coverage running throughout the day, uh, news bits from on site. Uh, interviews, uh, there's going to be press scrums, the whole nine yards. So remember to make Wrestling Inc. your destination tomorrow for all things AEW, uh, pool party, and announcements. Uh, Justin, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up? Uh, at Justin Labar, follow me there. Uh, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's the place where you can get all of my wise wisdom. Wonderful. Yes, Wrestling Inc. Audio, go subscribe on iTunes. Justin and I will be back here tomorrow with the final Winkly of the week. I am Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Use the hashtag Winkly. Next week, I'm going to try to start using a, a Winkly uh, mailbag to close the show. I want to start getting some more feedback in. So if you want to use hashtag Winkly to respond to anything we talked about here on today, agree, disagree, let us know. I'll start picking my favorite tweets. We'll pick two, three, maybe four good tweets at the end of each show and, and read them here on the air. Give you a little love. Um, and uh, thank you all very much. Remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.